Sovereign Grace Chapel, located at 135 Annabelle Lane in Beaver, West Virginia, invites you to listen to a gospel message concerning Jesus Christ our Lord. Good morning, everyone. It is good to be back, and it's good to not be in a rush to hurry and have to get out of here. So. <clears throat> we do miss those that are not here, Mac and Sandy and, and Debbie and stuff. You know, we'd like them to be with us, but to be honest with you, I feel like we got a crowd this morning. <laughs> For those out there, it's less than 200 that we have here. So. <laughs> But it feels like a crowd. So, um, well, I feel like I should title this message uh, "He is Able Number Two. But, but uh, no, if you would, let's go ahead and get started. Uh, turn to First Corinthians one. First Corinthians one. Very familiar passage. First Corinthians one, verses thirty and thirty-one is what I want to start off with. But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. We see in this chapter, which culminates in, as, as I'm putting it, but it culminates in this saying, Christ is made unto us. Amen. Christ is caused to be these things. Wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. And I want to point out, these all come together. Yes. You're not going to have wisdom without redemption. Right, right. You won't have righteousness without sanctification. Amen. He's not made one of these to us and not another. If he, and that is Christ, is made unto us by God any of these things, then he has made all of these things unto us. And let's be clear, it's not saying God makes us these things because of Christ. It's not saying anything about him making us anything here. That's not what's being said here. Other passages do talk about you know us being made things, but that's not what this is talking about. Exactly. <clears throat> but I want to deal with this passage as it is right here. Knowing or hearing these things, that is, Jesus Christ is made unto us these things, does what? It certainly does not make us feel good about ourselves. But it does make me, as a believer... One who has had his understanding opened, it causes me to want to honor and glorify his name. To talk about him. I want to do uh, messages on each of these things that this says Christ is made unto us. So there will be four messages, God willing, if he's pleased, that are made unto us. Wisdom, 
righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. So I'm going to try to do four messages on, on these. <clears throat> I will not exhaust any of these subjects, but maybe I can give some glimpse of what this is telling us here in this passage uh, of things that it entails when it comes to a sinner like me. So let's start with wisdom today. So wisdom, <clears throat> supreme intelligence. There's only one supreme being. I think that's evident to us here. I hope it is. If not, it's God Almighty. It's Jesus Christ. Wisdom, this kind of wisdom is wisdom in knowing all things. How they work, how they work together, when they work, simply by his thoughts about them. He created all things for himself, Job, and he holds it all together by the power of his might. Jesus Christ is made unto us wisdom. Jesus Christ has wisdom to always know what to say and when to say it. There is a good reason why. He created all things. He knows how everything works. Because he created them, and he created them for himself, and he holds them all together. That means it all works as as expected by God. There will be no surprises to God. God is the first cause of all things. It says here that of God are we in Christ Jesus. It also says who also of God is made unto us these things. What do we read of him in Colossians 2.9? For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Jesus Christ is where all the fullness of the Godhead dwells. And it says bodily. Yes. He has a body just like you and I. And in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Fullness. Completeness. Yes. Perfection. Now, there is wisdom in this world. There are many smart people in this world. When man compares himself to man, God has given them this wisdom. But that wisdom is not what I'll call true wisdom. It is not a saving wisdom. We can just look close at our text or surrounding our text and see this. The world by wisdom knew not God. But this worldly wisdom, no man will, by this worldly wisdom will no man know God. We must know Him and believe Him if we are to be saved. But our wisdom will not bring us there. So we read in 1 Corinthians 1.21 that the world by wisdom, that is by man's own figuring out, he will never know God. God has destroyed that wisdom and there is no understanding because God has brought that worldly understanding to nothing. God in his wisdom in saving a people for his name did this in such a way that man denies or ignores how God did this because God has brought their wisdom to nothing. We've all done this. But if he is pleased, he will send someone to you preaching the wisdom of God and sending his son to save a people for his name. The gospel is the wisdom of God. Christ is the gospel. 
verse 24 tells us that Christ is the wisdom of God. Amen. The gospel is Christ and him crucified, which tells us the wisdom of God, which is yeah. Jesus Christ. Amen. <clears throat> of which, that is this wisdom, this world knows nothing about and wants nothing to do with with it because it leaves nothing to them. Man's wisdom is, God has to give me something to do. I'm not totally helpless. We are told in Scripture that there is none that seeketh after God. The wisdom of man does not seek after God. What are we told in Romans? There is none that seeketh after, after God. None are trying to figure out who God is. They don't care. They just want to know what they can do for God. They actually, in fact, make a God out to be likened to themselves. They know who they are, they think, so they make a God likened to themselves. They are perfectly fine with letting God know just how good they are, but care nothing about knowing who Christ is. God does not care who you are because he knows who you are and what you are. He tells us there is none that doeth good. No, not one. Knowing God is foolishness to them. God is the gospel because Christ is God and the gospel is Christ the power and wisdom of God. But we are told that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. What is wisdom when it comes to man? Who are we told that we are told in Scripture that has wisdom in some capacity? Scripture says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Uh, Job 28, 28 we read, And unto man he said, Behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And to depart, depart from evil is understanding. Wisdom is to fear God. There are those in this world, and this was me at one time, but there are those in this world who want to do something for God, but they have no fear of God before their eyes. Why? Because they do not know God. If you know God, you will fear God. Not only is fearing God wisdom, but it is in fact and in truth the right thing to do. Psalm 19.9 we read, The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. So what is the fear of the Lord? What do we read in Proverbs 14, 25 through 27? A true witness delivereth souls, but a deceitful witness speaketh lies. In the fear of the Lord is strong confidence, and his children shall have a place of refuge. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life to depart from the snares of death. First of all, telling lies on God is being a deceitful witness. And to not tell men and women they must fear God is telling them a lie. You are being deceitful if you do that. Telling men and women to repeat after me. Repeating something before men never saved anyone and will never save anyone. You must know and fear Him. Accept Jesus as your personal Savior. 
Jesus does not need acceptance. He is accepted of the Father who is well pleased in him. Man is the one that must be accepted by God, and there is only acceptance in the wisdom of God, Jesus Christ. So he must accept you and I, but you and I are not worth accepting. If you hear what God's word is saying, that starts to bring in some that starts to bring in some fear of God, doesn't it? What else? The fear of the Lord is strong confidence. Fearing God, you know God will do what He says He will do. In knowing this and knowing who you are, but knowing that He came into the world to save sinners, you know who it is that is your refuge, so you know you have a place of refuge. What else? The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life. Fearing God and knowing He does as He pleases and knowing that what He has done is to the saving of your soul, it is a fountain of life to the believer, of which death will have no power over you. What Jesus did was to give me life in Him. Knowing this and hearing this is life to me every time I hear it. What else were we told is the fear of the Lord? Proverbs 8.13 The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride, and arrogancy, and the evil way, and the froward mouth do I hate. To fear God is to hate what He hates. I am all these things as I am born in Adam. This flesh is still all that it ever was. I have pride reeking all in me and out of me. I am arrogant in this flesh and will continue to rebel against God as I am born in Adam in this flesh. My ways are evil. My mouth is froward, that is perverse. I say or think I can do some things before him of myself, that is perverse. To think I can do something acceptable before him is perverse. So, To fear God is to hate myself and repent in dust and ashes. This world hates this. And I heard Todd Nybert say this yesterday, so I wanted to include this because I just mentioned this previously and I want to say it a little bit clearer as he he said it. The scripture says that Jesus Christ is a stumbling block to the Jews. They hear of Jesus Christ and what he has done and it being the only thing needed to save a sinner and they think, well, that's license to sin. If you think men have nothing to do with their own salvation, that Jesus Christ accomplished their salvation without any help from man, well, that's license to sin. I stumble at that. It is foolishness to the Greeks. They hear of Jesus Christ saving a people for his name without any help from man. How's that going to help me in this life? How's that going to help me make this world a better place? How am I going to feel good about myself with that? There is certainly something I can do to have part in this. It is foolishness to them. There is no fear of God before their eyes. We are all like this by nature. Are there wise men in this world? There certainly are. We are told in Scripture of one particular man who God gave wisdom. 1 Kings 4.30 we read, And Solomon's wisdom excelled the wisdom of all the children of the east country and all the wisdom of Egypt. 
But we are told something else in Scripture. Luke eleven thirty one, The queen of the south, south shall rise up in judgment with the men of this generation and condemn them. For she came from the utmost parts of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And behold, a greater than Solomon is here. There is one that is greater than Solomon. Solomon Solomon was given wisdom. He did not get this wisdom on his own. In fact, Solomon is the one that wrote the Proverbs, in which we have read that which he wrote, where he said that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. He, of course, did this by the Holy Spirit of God and not by himself. So wisdom, that is the fear of the Lord, is given to some. But one that is by one that is greater than Solomon. Yes. This one, none other than Jesus Christ the Lord, who was not given wisdom, but one who is the all-wise God in who he is. If you would turn with me to Job 12. Job 12. And I'm going to read a big portion of that, starting in verse 12. Job 12, and that's just after Esther. And before Psalms, I think. Job 12, verse 12. With the ancient is wisdom, and in length of days understanding. With him is wisdom and strength. He hath counsel and understanding. Behold, he breaketh down, and it cannot be built again. He shutteth up a man, and there can be no opening. Behold, he withholdeth the waters, and they dry up. Also he sendeth sendeth them out, and they overturn the earth. With him is strength and wisdom. The deceived and the deceiver are his. He leadeth counselors away spoiled, and maketh the judges fools. He looseth the bond of kings, and girdeth their loins with a girdle. He leadeth princes away spoiled, and overthroweth the mighty. He removeth away the speech of the trusty, and taketh away the understanding of the aged. He poureth contempt upon princes, and weakeneth the strength of the mighty. He discovereth deep things out of darkness and bringeth out to light the shadow of death. He increaseth the nations and destroyeth them. He enlargeth the nations and straighteneth them again. He taketh away the heart of the chief of the people of the earth and causeth them to wander in a wilderness where there is no way. They grope in the dark without light and he maketh them to stagger like a drunken man. God is wise. Jesus Christ is God. God in his wisdom knew the only way for salvation to be accomplished, the only way for him to be just and the justifier of them that believe, Romans 3.26, to declare, I say at this time, his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. Man in his wisdom thinks that salvation should include something he can do to gain his salvation. 
but man has no wisdom. He does not see who he is, and that there is nothing he can do for salvation in any way and at any time. God has been offended. God is just and must punish sin. So man being unclean cannot clean himself. Job 14.4 says, Who can bring a clean thing out of an unclean? Not one, it says. Man is unclean because he has offended God. There is no way he can cleanse himself or cleanse anyone else. We have to have someone who is absolutely clean. And I say absolutely clean, but that's kind of redundant. If you're clean, you're clean, right? The only one that is, is Jesus Christ, the God-man. Psalm 37.30 says, The mouth of the righteous speaketh wisdom, and his tongue talketh of judgment. There is but one who is righteous. He is in fact the righteousness of God without the law. He will speak wisdom, and it is he that we must hear if we are to begin to have fear before God. We must be made clean, and the only one who can bring a clean thing from an unclean is a clean one. He is the only clean one. In his wisdom, he designed a way, as has been said before, to touch God and not be consumed, and to touch man and not be defiled, bringing them both together in himself. Where do we see all of this? In the gospel. In the gospel, Jesus Christ is made unto us wisdom. When we hear the gospel, we see how unclean we are. We see this when we see how absolutely, perfectly holy and clean he is. We begin to fear him. And we begin to see his wisdom in saving our soul, of which we cannot do ourselves. Psalm 104.24 we read, O Lord, how manifold are thy works. In wisdom hast thou made them all. The earth is full of thy riches. It is and was, and I'm, I'm not really sure how to say this, but it is and was the purpose of God for the whole of creation so that he might save a people for his name. What, what he would do is sure. There's no way that what he in wisdom purposed to do for it to not be carried out full and completely, perfectly. When we hear the gospel, that which it pleased God to save them which believe, we in that see the very wisdom of God. Jesus Christ is the wisdom of God, personified, and it is he that is made unto us this wisdom. Isaiah 29, 14 we read, Therefore, behold, I will proceed to do a marvelous work among this people, even a marvelous work and a wonder. For the wisdom of their wise men shall perish, and the understanding of their prudent men shall be hid. Man's thoughts and man's works will perish. God does not accept my works or any man's works. His works is the only wise work that has been done. It is so wise that it accomplished everything he purposed it to accomplish. Seeing how wise and how high God is brings us low. It is where we belong, after all, because we are nothing, yea, less than nothing, and vanity. Proverbs 11, 2, we read, When pride cometh, 
then cometh shame. But with the lowly is wisdom. He performs a work that will cause our wisdom to perish and our understanding to be hid. Not all will experience this. Not all are lowly, and we certainly do not bring ourselves to this place. He must do this. So what is it that the Scripture is telling us today that we've read in our text? The only way you will ever know Jesus Christ is if Christ has made you clean. Made you clean by purging your sin and sins by dying on that tree and cleansing you in regeneration. We do not do this on our own. We do this just as everyone else does. Isaiah 47.10 we read, For thou hast trusted in thy wickedness, thou hast said, None seeth me. Thy wisdom and thy knowledge, it hath perverted thee. And thou hast said in thine heart, I am, and none else beside me. What does this say? It says, my wisdom is this. I say this as I am born in Adam. I don't need God. I have myself. God does not see what I really am. I can get myself out of this mess. I can pull myself up by my own bootstraps. Fools. That is what we are by nature. Fools. But God be thanked for his wisdom and his work to cause us to believe. He cleanses us in regeneration, giving us a new heart, a new creation. He sends someone to us with the gospel and makes Jesus Christ unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. All that I need to be accepted before a thrice holy God Christ is made that unto me. Amen. The gospel is good news. Good news about what he has done. Not just a theory, but fact and truth. Yeah. It tells of that which he has accomplished. Him accomplishing these things, he is this to me. But through the gospel, he has made these things to me over and over again. Yeah. <clears throat> Tell me it again and again of his wisdom. Jesus Christ and the things he has done by his wisdom. The one and the only wise God. Amen. Our door, dear Lord, our sovereign God, dear Lord, forgive us of our sins. Be with those who are sick, dear Lord. It's been said already, dear Lord, but we come to you Comfort them, dear Lord, if if they are in pain or in discomfort, dear Lord. May it be that you can comfort them if you're pleased, dear Lord. But, dear Lord, give them a sense of your presence and uh, of of your Son, of who who you are, dear Lord, and and know what we are, dear Lord, and that if anything is to be done, it will be done by you, dear Lord. <clears throat> be with Walter as he gets up here and to speak and that he may speak in spirit and truth but dear lord open our hearts minds and ears that we may take in and and take with us dear lord the the news of your son and all these things we ask in christ's name amen mm-hmm.